You're listening to the Morning Punch and Show with RBNJ live and direct for more cities and at Instagram models bio. Get ready for some boxing talk on the clock. Let's face it, you're not working and somebody's got to pay for the Wi Fi. Good morning, everybody. It is RBNJ. This is the Morning Punch and Show, the most unpredictable, honest, and authentic morning boxing talk show in the game. Today is Monday, March 6th. Our special guest today on the Hotline Bling will be Tom Loeffler, the president of K2 Promotions, GGG's promoter. And we've got Jake's take today with Jake Donovan from FightNights.com. He's going to give us some updates on the Crawford-Diaz negotiations, where that's at, the CBS ratings from Saturday night, and some other good stuff. Let me properly introduce my partner in crime, creator and founder of BadCulture.net, contributor for Black Sports Online, Jay LaBeouf. What's good, Jay? Good morning, RB, and happy Monday, boxing people worldwide. Boxing is going to continue to heat up the winter. Clarissa Shields next weekend, looking forward to that. Golovkin mm-hmm. Jacobs in New York City. The winter is getting hot. Of course, me and RB are going to make the journey across the country and bring you all the tea from the big apple and the interviews and the stuff you like to hear. So get ready for that. But in the meantime, let's just stay focused on what we got this week and let's not get knocked out before the big trip happens. I got a quick, I got a, got a quick hot question though. I got a quick one that came to me this morning. A quick hot question with Keith Thurman edging out Danny Garcia, who is Keith going to get next? Are they going to give him the Bertel Porter winner or the Brooks Spence winner, or are they going to do something random like give him Broner? So if you have a thought on who you think Keith will, because boxing never goes according to plan, it would make sense to give him the winner of Kel Brook or Earl Spence, but we know that's not going to happen. So who do you think Keith is going to get next? Call us up, 718-508-9852, or tweet us and use the show hashtag TMPS, and let us know. Mm-hmm. That's think? a good one. Yeah, we'll let you know what Keith thinks about who he'll fight next as well. Um, but listen, last time RB and J were in New York, we completely <laughs> turned up, okay? It, we were like partying like rock stars. We had a great time. It was last June. Um, I think it was when uh, Lomachenko fought Ramon Martinez, and we had a ball. So make sure you stay tuned with us all next week. Um, and, and definitely through the Golovkin Jacobs fight weekend, we will bring you all the updates, all the juice, everything going on behind the scenes. Your homegirls got you in New York. We got you. Um, yeah, so let, let's open right up and let's talk about the card, the big card from Saturday night on CBS. So we had Keith Thurman, who unified the welterweight division with a split decision over Danny Garcia. Erickson Lubin knocked out Jorge Cota. Um, the replay of these fights will replay tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern time on CBS Sports Network. Let's get into the main event first, Jay. Keith Thurman, he's now the unified welterweight world champion. Um, it's the glamour division. He got the split decision victory over Danny Garcia. He defended his WBA, and he picked up the WBC crown. That was a hell of a fight. I, well... But okay, let me not put thirty on it. Let me not put extras on it. It was a good fight. It yeah. was it was an enjoyable fight. It wasn't a barn burner. I thought it was gonna be a barn burner where people was just throwing bows like crazy. It was a good fight. I don't necessarily need to see them again, but I'm never gonna count out Danny Garcia just because he took a L. I'm not right. gonna anoint Keith a killer because he won. So it was a good fight. 
It wasn't a great fight, but it wasn't a boring fight. So as long as it wasn't a stinker, I think that's good. But looking at the merits of the fight, Garcia, I don't know. Garcia hasn't had the same pop that he's had that he had at 140. I liked him better at 140. And I, I mean, I just I don't I don't know. I'm not counting Danny out. I think Danny is still great, and I think Danny's still gonna go on to win. But there's a lot going on in the background for him. His pops want him to retire. He want a rematch. Oh, yeah. They don't want a rematch. It's just it's too much. It's too much. But sticking to the fight itself, I enjoyed the fight. I just thought it would be a, bar, a burner, and it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I agree, Jay. I don't think a rematch is needed, and there was not a rematch clause anyway. I think Styles makes fights, and that was not the greatest fight that we all had hoped for. It was a good fight. The event Mm -hmm. did mark the highest attended boxing event in Barclays history. They had over 16,000 fans there, so that was great. You know, more about the fight. You know, let's talk about what happened during the fight. Keith Thurman from round one came out swinging. And yep. he was the busier fighter. Fighter, He was making Danny very uncomfortable. I will say the last three rounds, he, he did kind of skate. He took off the last few rounds. That's mm-hmm. when Garcia did pick up the pace. That is when he became more active. But I think it was just a little too late for the Philly kid. Um, I feel like Keith Thurman in his corner did the better job at establishing the rhythm, the game plan, you know, really disrupting Garcia throughout the night. So I I was not upset about the decision. I thought it was fair. Um, When Keith took off those last couple of rounds, I thought, wow, this could be a draw. Right. You know, but, you know, I went to Keith. I think he was the better man that night. And I I would not call it a robbery. You know, Angel Garcia has gone over the top once again, you know, um, claiming that, you know, it was a robbery. He wants Danny to retire. He even went as far as saying, you know, Thurman doesn't have a big D-I-C-K because he's not <laughs> from Philly. You know, and, and it's a shame because it's a shame because Danny was really humble in defeat. He said, as a champion, you have to take your defeats the way you take your wins. And that really won him over for me when he said that. But then Angel went up there and just diarrhea all out the mouth again. I think Danny is a nice guy. And I think mm-hmm. that the problem is the public is too fo- – well, it's not his fault. His dad is just out there acting and, and wilding out. I think Danny's a nice guy. Every interaction I've had with him, he was friendly and down to earth. He respects the fight game. I think he's living good. He's making good money. 140 was too much for him to make when you start living good and you're not hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. And when you start developing this kind of a uh, – for lack of a better term, affection for Danny. Here comes Angel out the woodwork acting all crazy. But no, you can't expect Danny to check his dad's pops. And he knows his dad yeah. is going gonna, is gonna to ride for him and have his back regardless. We can do all this, whatever we want to do, but that man knows his pops is going to hold him down. So he, I wouldn't check my mom if my mom was wilding out on my behalf. That's my mom. What am I going to do? But yeah, it, it, it just occur. made him. It made him really look like a sore loser. He said, "You know, I want him to retire because he's not going to be anybody's stepping stone." And I'm thinking, right. that why would you even think that Heyman would make Danny a stepping stone? He's popular. He always draws really, really well in Brooklyn. Shit, he could fight Broner, and that would still be a big fight. I don't. Think I don't he's under- anybody's stepping stone. Hell no, he's not a stepping stone. He lost to another champion. Now, somebody like Rod yeah. Salka comes out and, you know, <laughs> no disrespect to Mr. Salka, 
to the good senator or whatever he's doing now. <laughs> if somebody like that beats Danny, then okay, you wild out and you have some things to say. But that sounds like it sounds like it's projecting your lack of game plan in the corner. You want to do all this talking so people won't say, "Well, Angel, you maybe you kind of fucked up in the corner because you said your son listens to you unequivocally." And he went out there and what you planned didn't work. All I want to really know is how Angel know what Keith Dick look like. Uh, I, I'm yeah. saying, and, if and you're trying to do some comparators, come on, come on now, <laughs> Angel, I'm going to need him to get some better euphemisms than, than large yeah. cocks. So, and, and, you know, his family yeah. was around, his daughters were around, his wife was Man. there. I mean, it was just so inappropriate. But you know what? One loss does not define a career. Sugar Ray not Robinson probably the greatest fighter ever, had 26 losses. You know, if anything, Danny is going to be meaner because of this. Um, mm-hmm. We're in an era where just, you know, being undefeated really matters, and it's really sad, you know. And I, and I vented about this a little bit yesterday. I think Floyd Mayweather has made that very popular and has pushed the whole being undefeated equating to success and money and greatness, and that's just not true. You know, I don't think Danny's done. Uh, Broder wasn't done after Madonna, was he? I mean, Brandon Broder took an L and came back to make millions of dollars. And our favorite fighters of all time and some of the all-time greats had losses. So I don't mm-hmm. think that this is going to break Danny at all. Now, what's Not next for Keith Thurman? At the post-fight press conference, Thurman said, I really don't know what's next for me, but I do know that I want to make history and I'm not scared to let my O go. So Thurman's right. willing to fight anybody. And I like that about him. One thing I will say about that is, unfortunately, I just don't think we'll see Keith again before the end of the year. And that's unfortunate. Mm. I just don't, I don't see it happening. They've got these other fights. They've got to figure out who they're going to give them to. What, what month is it? We're in March. We're in the first quarter of the year. But if history continues its trend, I'll be surprised if we see Keith before the end of the year. I hope we see Keith before the end of the year. I hope we see Danny before the end of the year. But will we see these guys? I don't know. know, At the the post-fight press conference, Keith did make it very clear that he would fight again this year. And it did sound like single tense. Like, he didn't say, I'm going to fight multiple times. He was like, I will fight again this year. He's like, that fighting once a year ain't going to work. That's, that's not what I'm about. Like, he did make that very clear. So hopefully we do see him again uh, later on this year. I mean, that's what he said. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. so. So, I mean, you know, as far as Jay's question, the hot question, who does Keith fight next? You know, maybe Lamont Peterson is the, re- is the, the next best fight for him. Lamont Peterson just won. I think he, what was that, the IBF belt? I think he's got right. now. Right, So maybe right. Lamont Peterson. Do I see him fighting the winner of Birdo, Sean? No. I think he's been nope. there, done that. Nope. Broner is hanging out out there. Probably not. Yeah. I think a lot of people would get some satisfaction in uh, seeing Thurman beat Broner. But then, again, once again, Styles make fights. He might get in there with yeah. Broner, but Broner might give him that work. You just never know. Broner, I watched Broner's uh, – Insta stories or whatever. I think it was had to be Insta stories. Broner looked like he's still out there. He's still out there while and I still like the hoes and whatnot. And mm-hmm. but he he's still in the gym. He's not over there chubbing up. So mm-hmm. maybe something's happening. Maybe, maybe got put in timeout. So uh, moving on, the, before Jake calls in with Jake's take in a few minutes, we had Erickson Lubinson, Lubin, 
versus mm-hmm. Jorge Cota. Undefeated super welterweight Erickson Lubin knocked out Jorge Cota and a WBC 154-pound title eliminator. He dropped Cota with a flush overhand left in the fourth round. Lubin mm-hmm. now becomes the number two challenger to Jermel Charlo, who is due a mandatory against number one contender Charles Hatley. Now, while I do like Lubin a lot, Jay, it is time to start matching him a little tougher. Jorge exactly. Cota last fought in the summer of 2015. Lubin was definitely more talented, most athletic. He was more active. So, yes, he did look spectacular. But let's be real, Coda hasn't fought in almost two years. Right. I had the exact same thoughts. I, I was looking at the fight and I was thinking, I like Lubin. I don't really have too much to add to what you already said. He's young. He needs to keep fighting. He needs to keep winning. And that's, that's just the key. Match him a little tougher. Match him more often. That's the only way. We're going to really see what he can do. I hope they're learning from the mistakes of the past with this younger Lubin and we'll get back to a traditional model. These young guys fighting four, three, and four times a year, at least mm. three times a year, because the inactivity is, my God, it's, 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 it's a killer. It's like arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at just 21 years old, Lubin now has the opportunity to become the youngest world champion in boxing today. So wow. definitely want to see him do well. I think he is talented and, you know, I do like the kid. Uh, one of the fights that was not shown on TV, but this did happen, was Funfera got the knockout to beat Chad Dawson Saturday night. Chicago's own Funfera, he appeared to be down mm. on the four cards. I did not watch this fight, but from everything I'm reading, he was down on the cards. Dawson seemed to be pretty heavily up on the cards, but he ended up stopping Dawson in the 10th round. Mm. Yeah. I guess that's Funfara is back after taking that loss to Joe Smith Jr. Shout out to Joe Smith Jr., friend of the neighborhood. Um, he's back. And so now next steps for Funfara to try to climb his way back to the top of the light heavyweight division. He's a Heyman guy. Badu Jack vacated his title, moved Ooh. up to light heavyweight. Maybe we'll get Funfara Badu Jack sometime in the near future. That might be a nice little scrap. But mm-hmm. we might see, or maybe they'll do something like, Saki Obika or, you know, pull him out of the out of the dugout or something for Funfara <laughs> just to kind of eat his way back. So we'll see what happens with them. I didn't get a chance to catch that bout either. So congratulations to Funfara. All right. Again, the replay will air tonight on CBS Sports Network at 10 o'clock. So if you miss Thurman Garcia, if you want to rewatch it and try to rescore it, which maybe I'll do that. You know, and actually, we watched the fight without the sound on, which that's really how I enjoy watching it. I had it maybe a little closer than most, so maybe I'll rewatch it again. Uh, but I think Jake Donovan's in the queue. Um, Jake. Okay, wait. Okay, okay. so Jake, so now that you are official with us, we can now <laughs> drop this for the one and only Jake Donovan. Jake, 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 Jake. You're rocking with the Morning Punching Show with RB and J, and now it's time for Jake's Take. Oh, yeah, that's how you walk him, a fella. See how we do you? See how we do it? That's how, that's how you walk him, a fella. That's the Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. How you doing, Jakey? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. So, great boxing weekend uh, in a, what's been a great boxing year. So, you know, really, really can't ask for more right now. Yeah, your segment has become very, very popular on this show, Um, you know, because you bring the facts, you know, you're not just, you know, assuming or giving your own opinion, and people really appreciate hearing facts from you. 
So let's start out with, um, before we get into Crawford and Diaz, because I know that that's going to take up a little time here, let's talk about the Thurman Garcia card, the historical aspects of that, and how the CBS ratings did on Saturday night. Okay. Um, well, from a PBC standpoint, I mean, they have to be pleased. I think uh, usually there's an overnight rating, which comes out uh, Sunday morning. That kind of indicates like how many, um, like the percentage of households that view the fight. So uh, CBS is very happy with that because they won the night, which is, I mean, rare for boxing to, you know, win in prime time on free TV. So they beat all the other networks. So that was a huge win for CBS. When the final ratings come out on Tuesday, it's probably going to be, C- be the highest rated uh, PBC event in prime time. So obviously wow. Errol Spence's uh, fight that was during the Olympics that had, you know, 6 million viewers, I think, somewhere between 5 and 6 million viewers, but that had help from the Olympics. As far as primetime viewership goes, this is going to be the highest rated. And Keith Thurman owns all three, the, the top three. So wow. I mean, you're looking for a star in the PBC circuit. I mean, the man who just won on Saturday night just became that star. Wow, wow, wow. Hey, I mean, I knew this fight was going to be lit when I start seeing the number of fight parties that people were having, and it wasn't a pay-per-view yeah. fight. Everybody was having a fight. People I don't even know, they were like, yo, we're going to get this fight. I heard it was a good fight. I don't really know these dudes, but it's on TV, and I'm making yeah. it. I'm like, cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the yeah. one thing I forgot to say earlier is that boxing does need more Keith Thurman. Meaning the guy, he's good for boxing. He's a good character. He's funny. He's intellectual. You know, there's just so many good things. And he's weird. And I think we <laughs> like him because he is kind of weird and corny. And, you know, I, I feel like he's really good and he could be a really big star. I think a little bit more muscle needs to go behind him um, and, and make him more of a household name. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I think the thing about Keith Thurman, the best word to describe him is refreshing. I mean, you know, mm. you talk about me bringing the facts. Everything about Keith Thurman is real. He's authentic. He, he relates to just about anyone. I mean, you know, non, uh, non-sports fans can relate to him. He's got that hippie vibe that brings in that crowd. So he doesn't just bring in the boxing crowd. I mean, he, he, brings in, he, he can bring in the mainstream and then, you know, the hipsters, the hippies, whoever you want. I mean, he just brings a different audience to the table. And right. he's bringing a younger generation. I mean, like, you know, uh, you, you talk about, you know, the number of fight parties gauges, you know, how popular events. My kids are telling me, hey, this, this event is being, you know, uh, advertised on Snapchat. So that, that's how they're finding out about it. Wow. It's hitting on all cylinders. So it's, uh, like I said, Saturday night, it, was, um, it wasn't the greatest fight. That, that was a little disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't expect it to be the fight of the year, but I, I thought, you know, there could have been a little more action between them. But um, as, as far as, like, paying attention, I mean, it was, it was a big night for boxing. They just need to follow up on it. They just can't settle for that. Yeah. Hmm. So I... Okay, so let, let's switch gears a little bit here. As far as um, historically, I mean, it was a big mm-hmm. fight in the glamour division. I think it was only the 10th time where, you know, two fighters unified in the division. Is that right? That Yes, it is. And it's also the third time where two undefeated titleists uh, fought in the unification match. So, um, but as far as the fight, the other two times, though, where that's happened, where it's been two undefeated titleists, it was the the absolute two best welterweights in the world. It was Sugar Ray Leonard and Tommy Hearns when they fought in 1981, and obviously Sugar Ray Leonard became the champ. And then 1999, when Oscar De La Hoya and Felix Trinidad fought, and say what you want, Felix Trinidad was the official winner of the fight. So I don't want to hear any crap that Oscar De La Hoya should have won. (laughs) (laughs) As far as the show goes, Felix Trinidad won. He became the lineal welterweight champ. But there was no doubt that the winner of the fight was the best welterweight in the world. And even if you thought Oscar De La Hoya won, then your argument was that Oscar De La Hoya is the best welterweight in the world. The only issue from Saturday night, there was never an argument that Keith Thurman and Danny Garcia were the top two uh, welterweights in the world. Maybe you can make that argument for Keith Thurman now. 
but Manny Pacquiao is still hovering. He looked, I mean, he looked damn good against Tim Bradley, you know, yeah. before he yeah. quote unquote retired, and he looked even better in you know dismantling Jesse Vargas last year. Yeah, Keith Thurman hasn't had that type of explosive performance yet against, at best, I'd say the, the same level of competition. I, I'd argue that Tim Bradley is better than anyone that Keith Thurman has fought to date. And Keith Thurman's two biggest wins are close points wins. So he needs that dominant performance to kind of prove to the world that he is the best welterweight. He's well on his I, way. But again, much like, you know, Saturday night being a big night for boxing, you can't just settle for it. You have to follow up. So Keith Thurman had this big win over Danny Garcia. Now he had, you know, go call out Manny Pacquiao or, you know, call out the one of Errol Spence and Kel Brook, which I think is going to be Errol Spence. I really, I really, really would like to see uh, Thurman versus Bradley. I think that would be a good fight for Thurman next, um, even though we probably think it'll be Lamont Peterson. But, Jake, tell me right. this. It seems like a lot of people are writing Danny Garcia off. Oh, my God. I mean, you can't write this kid off. What, what do you think is next for him? I mean, this loss doesn't kill him. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm with you, Arby. I mean, I, I thought this fight was a lot closer than people give credit. You know, everyone was criticizing Danny Garcia for not throwing enough punches, but he was, you know, staying in the pocket and trying to make Keith Thurman miss as much as possible. And, yeah, he should have thrown more punches, and that probably would have won him the fight. I had it 7-5, 115-113 for Keith Thurman. I was surprised that, you know, people were, were blown away that it was a split decision. No, I'm not going to argue that Danny Garcia won seven rounds in the fight. But, mm-hmm. you know, even a draw wasn't completely unfathomable. I mean, it would have been the worst thing in the world if it, if it was a draw. You know, but a 7-5 win for Keith Thurman sounded about right. Anything more than people having Keith Thurman winning nine rounds clean, there was no way. There were a lot of swing rounds in that fight. Mm-hmm. So Danny Garcia, I, I, uh, he could have uh, given a, a better offensive performance. But overall, yeah, he's still one of the best ten welterweights in the world. Maybe, you know, seven or eight. I, I, I wouldn't take a soft touch in his next fight. I mean, maybe that's been his problem. He's been falling back to the Rod yes. Falkers and the Samuel Vargas. <laughs> he needs to stay at the top ten level. And he's almost the anti-Keith uh, Thurman, whereas Keith Thurman is a guy that everyone wants to rally behind. You know, Danny Garcia has always been, I just fight who they put in front of me. And, you know, just never ha- had that boisterous personality. He-, he needs to come out of his shell in that regard and make himself marketable because he's another one who can, he brings yeah. in big ratings when he fights on Showtime, when he fights on Spike. On, he's fought on every single PBC network, I think. He's fought on Spike, NBC, uh, now CBS, uh, ESPN, and he's always done well in the ratings. So he just needs to engage the public more, and he's going to get there. But he also needs to stay at that level of competition and not fall back to another Samuel Vargas for his next fight. Yeah, and Jake, I'm glad you said that because I try to tell fighters all the time, you know, every fight that you fight, you should take something from it and you should learn something yes. from it. So you can't go fight a really great fight and then take three steps backwards and fight like a Salka or a Samuel Vargas, you're not going to get any better. Yeah. You're actually going to digress. So I always say, you yeah. know, the better guys you fight, the better you get, the better fighter you become. Yep. You always got to take something from every fight. And I think that has been a problem where Daniel will fight a really good guy like a Lamont yeah. Peterson or like a Herrera or like a Thurman, and then they give him a cupcake, you know, yeah. and he takes like five steps back. And so then when he gets in there with another good guy, then he looks yeah. like shit. So, yeah. um, that is an issue there, for for sure. Yeah, it is. And he didn't have the greatest 2016 campaign either. I mean, he fought, no. you know, uh, Robert Guerrero in the beginning of the year and didn't look great. I mean, you, there's no way you can argue that he looked better against Guerrero than Keith Thurman did. Right. So, And then he waited, I think it was another 10 months. He was supposed to fight Andre Berto in between, which actually would have been a better scenario than fighting Samuel Vargas in a non-title fight at home where he didn't draw very well. So it was a fight that people really didn't care about you know, on TV or, or, you know, in his own hometown. So that it, was, it just wasn't a good look for him. And like you said, his best last, you know, big fight was Lamont Peterson, which was a close fight. Some people argue that Peterson should have won. 
you know, then I, he followed that up with Paul Malignaggi. So he hasn't really had that spectacular run with TBC. He has, you know, he's, you know, Al needs to throw him to the wolves. I mean, this is, you know, make or break year for PBC. So Danny Garcia is one of those guys that really needs to either separate himself from the pack or go find someone else to fight for and take on the guys he wants to take on. Here was my takeaway from the fight, and I think mm-hmm. part of it is why Angel, I mean, Angel's going to Angel, but why he's acting out. <laughs> when we look at the, sh- the strategy of the fight, as the rounds wound on, you know, a lot of people are focusing on why didn't Danny throw more white. I don't think that was the issue at all. I think that Danny showed in a fight that his, his chin was magnificent because he was taking mm-hmm. some heaters from Thurman, and when it was clear that he could take Thurman's punch and he was in the pocket, why didn't he go to the body? Nobody went to the mm-hmm. body in this fight. Everybody right. head hunted this entire fight. There was no body work. That's the only adjustment I would have made in Danny's game. I don't think it was about punch output. I think he should have went to the body when it was clear he could take Thurman's punch because Thurman wasn't knocking him out at all. He took meters no, over a few rounds. Yeah. Right, and conversely, I would even say, you know, when Danny Garcia did commit to his punches, he probably hurt Keith Thurman more than he got hurt by, by Thurman's punches. Oh, yeah. And, you know, why not take a page? You know, the, the, one, time, the one point where Luis Colazzo had Thurman hurt was, you know, when we hurt him with a body the shot. Body. You know, Thurman's shown that in the past. He is susceptible to the body. So I, that's a great point, Jay. It really is. I, I'm not sure which round it was, but right at the end of the round, Danny hit him with such a vicious body shot that it literally folded Keith over, and the bell yeah. just rang. And I was just like, man, why? you know, I like I said earlier, I think Keith Thurman's corner did a better job. I'm not yeah. so much knocking Angel. You know, I don't need him calling me and blowing up, you know, the office today. <laughs> but, you know, I think Keith had a more seasoned corner. I think Dan Birmingham deserves a lot more credit than he gets. They had a really good game plan. Yeah, and Dan Birmingham, that's the great relationship with Keith Thurman and Dan Birmingham, and really any fighter that's trained by Dan. I mean, Dan gets it. He's not going to sit there and want the microphone like I, basically everyone else that Keith has been fighting. You know, Keith even said it, like he's fighting all these, you know, crazy, you know, dads in addition to their sons that are actually getting in the ring with him. <laughs> Dan gets it. Dan's going to sit there. He's, he's going to put the work in the gym, and Keith is the one that deserves all the glory. Dan doesn't want it. He doesn't like talking to the press. He's not a big talker. He's a humble guy. He's a, fanta- he's a two-time uh, BWA trainer of the year. I mean, that just mm. goes to show you his credentials. And, you you know, if you want to argue that Danny, Danny Garcia got our coach, it's because of the guy that Keith Thurman absolutely had in his corner. And he always keeps everything that Ben Getty, you know, instilled in him. That's why, you know, he's always thanking Ben Getty. People are like, why isn't he thanking Dan Birmingham? But he, well, Dan Birmingham is there, so he thanks him every day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Ben Getty is no longer with us. That's why Keith Thurman is always dedicating his fight to, to Mr. Getty. Amen. Mm. Well, look, we we got about four or five more minutes. I want to talk about okay. what's the latest – and give us the updates on what's going on with this yeah. Crawford Felix Diaz fight this week. Okay, well, it took for Diaz's camp, you know, to kind of have a you know coming to Jesus moment and make sure everyone was on the same page. And to Lou DeBella's credit, he listened to Felix Diaz's team's demands. Um, Diaz's concern was he hasn't fought since. Well, he had one fight in Dominican Republic, but it was you know a basically a paid for fight. Yeah. He only had one good payday in 2016 to go with the one good payday he had in 2015. So the man needs to make money. He doesn't want to hear about, you know, Ludabella trying to get more leverage on Bob Arum and HBO to get more money out of it. He wants the Terrence Crawford fight. He does not want negotiations to be the reason why he doesn't take the fight. Lou listened. He contact. He made contact with Bob Arum. He uh, asked for a bout agreement. He told them, you know, he even admitted that I, he wasn't very happy with the deal. But, you know, Diaz's team is pressuring him. Lou, as the promoter, is responding. He's asked Bob for a bout agreement, so now the ball is back in top rank sport, which is where it should be. If the fight doesn't happen, it, it can't be on Diaz's side. 
So now it would be because either Terrence Crawford or someone at top rank doesn't want to fight. But I haven't gotten that vibe, and my hunch is as soon as Diaz's team gets the bout agreement, they're going to sign it as long as the money hasn't dropped, mm-hmm. and we should be getting a fight mm-hmm. on May 20th. Mm. You heard well, it here. Jake, the ball is in top rank court. <laughs> Jake, before we wrap it up, just one more quick thing um, with uh, with Thurman with uh, yep. Thurman and Garcia and the whole dynamics. We heard Thurman say he doesn't know who he wants next, which was kind of refreshing. Instead of hearing right. the traditional "whatever my management wants for me," and then we've got yep. Danny. Do you think that this experience with the fight, not just the loss, but just the whole thing that got blown up with with Angel Wallen out in the press conference, do you think, in your opinion, do you think Danny will start being a little bit more vocal in his decision-making, or is he just going to still sit in the pocket with his dad? I, I mean, I hope he does, but, you know, my only concern to the contrary is that maybe that's who Danny Garcia truly is, and that's why mm. he's always gone that route. So maybe he's does, you know, wind up fading away. I hope that's not the case because I happen to think he is one of the best welterweights in the world. He was the best, you know, super lightweight in the world for as long as he was there. Um, you know, hopefully it does change him. You know, I think he realized on Saturday night, you know, doing what he doing just good enough is not going to be good enough. You know, right. Danny Garcia is a lot better than that. You know, it's weird. Like, he took the Lucas, Lucas Matisse fight when nobody thought he would. He beat him cleanly. I don't know, people still catch feelings yeah. over it because they would swore to God that Matisse was going to knock him out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I thought, you know, Danny gave him a boxing lesson. And he was the one who dropped him. For some reason, yep. he's never gotten back to that level. I mean, that should have been the point where he says, okay, now I'm going to take all the boxing. But instead, he's just, I fight who Al tells me to fight. You know, Angel trains me. I let my dad say what he wants. I just get in the ring. You, you can't be like that. You know, boxing, you have mm-hmm. to sell yourself 24-7, and you have to want the best. So Danny now has to prove that he wants the best. I hope that yeah. is him. And if it is, I think we're going to see an even better Danny Garcia than we've ever seen before. Yep. Awesome. But fighters yeah. have to steer their own ship, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, they say, you know, it's never a loss, it's a learning lesson. That's what Danny Garcia needs to take from this on, from Saturday night. Even if he thinks he won, just take away, you know, well, why didn't they give it to me? Once he gets to that point, I, I truly believe we're going to see a better Danny Garcia in 2017. Well, awesome. Well, Jakey, 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 it's always a pleasure. <laughs> Make sure, everybody, you tune in every Monday for Jake's Take and RB. Where can they find Jake off, uh, off of the Morning Punching Show? Jake. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, they can find me on Twitter, Jake in the Box underscore V2. Find me on Twitter and then also writing every day on FightNights.com. Yes, FightNights.com, managing (laughs) editor, Boston Connoisseur, our friend here at the Morning Punch and Show. Have a great day, Jake. I'm actually going to hit you up a little later. Wanted to talk to you about some stuff for Fight Nights. (laughs) You got it. All right. All right. right. Always a pleasure. All right. All right. We'll take a quick commercial. And when we come back, we'll have Tom Luffler. If you want the best, Box Stats beats the rest. Box Stats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. Box Stats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. Box Stats, know your opponent. And we are back. You are listening to the Morning Punch-In Show with RB&J. In case you missed it, we recapped uh, the Garcia Thurman card. Before uh, Tom Leffer joins us, for those of you who saw it, a hell of a fight happening earlier on Saturday. Tony Bellew upset David Hay. Never, ever would have thought that Tony Bellew would upset David Hay, but in fact he did, and I'm just in awe. 
at, in, in usual Hay fashion, Hay suffered an injury, but it was in the fight. But what was refreshing about the fight is Hay didn't complain about the injury, but it just kicked off this beautiful bromance between the two of them in the fight. I, I just, for two people who just absolutely hated each other in the build up to this fight, they couldn't keep their damn hands off each other once the fight was done. Bell, you. If, I'm going to try to find a, a link to a clip. I saw uh, a, a, a little short video of it. His corner tried to congratulate him. He shrugged him off. They, uh, what's his promoter? Eddie Hearn tried to hug him. He literally like threw Eddie Hearn off his back like the Incredible Hulk and went <laughs> running over to hug David Hay. It was hilarious and I'm just I'm glad they love each other so much. You you said in true hey fashion. That is so funny. Uh another fight that happened on Saturday and I didn't watch it, Jay, but just in case you missed it, is that Sam Eggington ends the career of Pauly Malinazzi with a knockout. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty much it for Pauly Malinazzi. I hope. I why the fuck and you I, lying? <laughs> Why you always lying? Oh my God! Stop fucking lying! <laughs> I say that because I actually like Paulie. I don't want to see him fighting anymore. I don't want to see him getting knocked out. I want to see him behind the desk in his flashy suit with his perfect eyebrows. Like that's what I want to see. All right, cool. Well, it looks like we have Tom in the queue. Let me see which number Tom is calling from. I think it's this, uh, let me pick up the 845. 845, you're on with the Morning Punching Show. Yo, what's up, girls? Hi. Oh, hey. Actually, I'm going to put you back in the queue. I thought you were Tom. Don't hang up. We're going to pick you back up. We're going to pick you up, pick up the number they're calling from. All right, now we have it. Good morning. This is the Morning Punching Show. Who are we speaking with? Hey, Jundra, it's Tom. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Good, good. How's uh, everything going? I liked uh, listening to the show and uh, ready to talk about our uh, the big show at Madison Square Garden, March 18th. Oh, yeah. We're excited well, yeah. that. We are super-duper excited. Always a good time heading over to, to New York, the mecca of boxing. Before we jump in talking about Golovkin and Jacobs, for those of you tuning in, we're joined by Tom Leffler, president of K2, promoter of Gennady Golovkin. Tom, I must ask you, I've known you for about, yeah, the three or four years now. I've never seen you mad, never seen you frazzled, never seen you curse. When's the last time you dropped an F-bomb, and why did you drop the F-bomb? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I always try to to remain uh, calm and collected in, in this busy uh, business of craziness. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's been a long time. I just always try to to do the right thing by the uh by the boxers and and put the you know good shows on for the fans and and hopefully it uh it works out it was nice seeing um you know i heard you guys talking about the shows on uh saturday i mean we had the the great welterweight matchup and and then the uh that, that uh <laughs> tony Ballou fight from the uk that was uh pretty <laughs> impressive seeing him stand in with uh with hay and then like you said they were hugging each other afterwards but i was i was impressed by Ballou. it was just nice to see you know s- such a assortment of boxing on, on one day and then followed up by the 24 seven with, uh, with, uh, Gennady and, and, uh, and Danny, it was, uh, it was, it was a tremendous day for boxing. I think. Absolutely. Yeah, me and, we're really looking forward 
to Golovkin Jacobs. And I'll tell you, Tom, the way that I feel about it, me and Jay, you know, every month we go over our schedules and we're like, okay, what flights are we going to go to? And, you know, it's not very cheap. And we just knew that we had to go to Golovkin Jacobs. And, and we had to put some other things on the back burner because this fight has an old school feel to it. You know, just being in New York, I mean, we want to wear dresses and furs. And I think that's the type of event it is. It has that throwback feel at the garden, in the big room where, you know, you want to get dressed up because you know you're going to watch something so special. I agree with you 100%, Michelle. Bring out the, the dresses and furs and the high heels, and it's going to be a, a, a throwback a throwback event. You know, you got the two best middleweights fighting each other at, at the Mecca of Boxing. you got uh, Chocotito, you know, is considered the number one pound-for-pound uh, pound fighter. He's in a tough fight with uh, Rungvisai from Thailand. You know, you got Quadras, you got uh, Andy Lee, who's undefeated at MSG. I think he's three and zero with three knockouts. He's going to be on the show. Ryan Martin, who's uh, who's a rising star, he's uh, uh, fighting uh, uh, Pee Wee Cruz from from the New York area. So it's uh, it's got a little bit of everything for uh, for the boxing fans. And uh, you know, whenever you get the two, not only are they the two best middleweights, but they're in their prime. They're they both have over ninety percent knockout ratios. And they're both uh, real likable guys, great ambassadors for the sport of boxing. So when you have the matchup Triple G against Danny Jacobs, it's uh, it's uh, something the fans have really uh, responded to. Absolutely. When we look at we're just under two weeks now, under two weeks away from the big fight happening at Madison Square Garden. We know that Gennady has a huge fan base there. We know Danny Jacobs is a hometown guy for Brooklyn. So when we get over there, whose house are we really going to? Are we going to Gennady's house or are we going to Danny are we going to Daniel Jacobs' house? <laughs> That's a good question. A lot of people have asked me that. Uh you know, Gennady uh, when he fought David, uh David Lemieux, who's uh, also uh, Lemieux's fighting the week before against uh, Curtis Stevens on on HBO, but um when he fought Lemieux, um was it about a year and a half ago and, and uh, sold out MSG it was the first sellout in a long time. Um that they've had at the garden and uh when you got a guy from kazakhstan a guy from canada and they can sell out the uh the garden which is not easy to do you know it's always right. been you know felix trinidad was able to sell it out miguel cotto mm-hmm. and his heyday was able to sell it out but um now you know with Gennady's fan base and, and danny has a big fan base you know the mix is going to be uh it's going to be fantastic i think since it's an msg i would lean a little bit more towards uh, a triple G crowd, but I know there's going to be a lot of support for for Daniel Jacobs uh, uh, at the Garden, and uh, it's it's going to be a, a tremendous matchup. As we see Gennady kind of elevate in his career, we we know he sells well here in Los Angeles. Huge fan base here. He sells well in New York. Goes over to England. Fights Kell Brooks. Sells well over there. As he continues to rise in his career, at this point, we start to see some fighters pick a home base, like Oscar Floyd Manny, kind of planted themselves in Vegas. Do you think? After this, you'll see Gennady pick a home base, or will he continue to kind of be a road warrior and go wherever the people want him? I tell you, it's just uh, he wants to bring back the, the you know the real definition or the true definition of a world champion, where he'll fight everywhere. Um, you know, I mean that's what made Ali so great when he was fighting in Zaire and he's fighting the Philippines. He fought in Japan. You know, he fought uh, internationally. That's what made him really the most recognized person in the world at that time. Was just he was uh, his fights were shown everywhere. Gennady's fights are shown in over 100 countries. But he has no issue. Some people have uh, superstitions about going into other people's uh, backyards or, or you know fighting internationally. And you know, when you mentioned the uh, Kell Brook fight in, at the O2, that was actually the fastest sellout 
out of any of the uh, uh, of the fights that that we've done. You know, we went to the whole uh, the whole line from going from Canelo to uh, Billy Joe Saunders to uh, Chris Eubank, and when uh, Kel Brook stepped up uh, to take the fight, when everyone else turned it down, uh, it was a huge reaction for the UK fans to actually see him live. I think Gennady is kind of at that. Mike Tyson stage where he's so impressive with his knockouts that people mm-hmm. just want to see him. They're kind of in in awe of what he does and they want to see him live. And I think that's why he draws such a such a great audience to his to his fights. And then uh, clearly now with uh, Danny Jacobs uh, being uh, by far the the, the toughest uh, challenge uh, for Gennady. You know he's you know he sees this as really uh, you know first class you know high level uh, competition and and. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fireworks with with both their knockout power. Um, they, between the two of them, they have 35 knockouts in a row, and that's uh, that's a pretty impressive uh, streak, I think. You know, I have to ask a little bit about Danny Jacobs because you know he went out west for training, which seemed a little odd to me. And I feel like Gennady is carrying this whole promotion on his back, even though. Danny is from New York and is from Brooklyn. There just doesn't seem to be a lot of hype out there or for Danny in general. So I feel like maybe going to the West Coast to train, not only was it a little odd, but it was probably really bad timing because the hometown kid didn't stay home in New York to train. Has that had any effect on the promotion? I mean, he seems to be out of sight, out of mind. Um, I don't know. Danny's been uh, actually very cooperative when we had the PR tour. Um, He had the open media day. Uh, Showtime is doing a, a special uh, tomorrow, in fact, uh, on the 60-minute mm-hmm. sports segment on him. Uh, like I said, he was he was also very cooperative with the 24-7 uh, shooting. He's done a lot of interviews. So I think Danny is, uh, you know, once uh, – I think you'll see the momentum. Everyone was focused on, on the fight uh, in Brooklyn, you know, between uh, uh, Danny Garcia and, and Keith Thurman. I mean, that was a great matchup. But now, you know, leading up to the, the last two weeks for this fight, I think you'll see a lot more – uh, spotlight on on this fight and and especially on Danny. I think he came across really well on the 24/7. I mean he's so articulate and and such a great ambassador mm-hmm. for the sport. And when you mix that um, with Gennady, I think you'll just see a lot of uh, momentum building. We're having the main event press conference on uh, on Monday next week. Uh, they're actually going to both ring the bell at the New York Stock Exchange Monday morning. Nice. So when you hit the fight week, it's just going to be, uh, I think. Uh, just a, a spotlight to a much much bigger level. It's a really it's a full stack card. We've got Chocolatito back on the card. We've got Carlos Quadras versus Carmona. We've got Ryan Martin, Andy Lee, as we mentioned uh, when you first joined us at the top. One thing um, that I think that you guys do really well over at K2 is when you have a great fight on the undercard, you bring those guys back to fight different opponents and keep the, mm-hmm. the audience the interest stoked. They don't just disappear in the sunset. You keep them right in front of our face and it keeps the fighters active as well. We've seen, we're, we've become accustomed to seeing the kind of the dynamic duo with Gennady and Chocolatito, but now you've got these guys, Carlos, you've got Ryan, you've got Andy. Is it possible that your dynamic duo is going to turn into a trio now where we'll see Gennady, yeah. Chocolatito, one of these, guys that's fighting on the card on Saturday night, should they perform in explosive fashion? I'm glad you uh, you picked up on that, John I mean, uh, you know, Chocotito and Quadras were, were in a tremendous uh, battle at the Forum um, when, uh, when Chocotito moved up to his fourth weight class to challenge uh, the undefeated uh, Quadras, who really wasn't that well-known in the States. He was, you know, certainly popular in Mexico as uh, WBC uh, 
uh, super flyweight champion, but uh, he kind of stole the show on that uh, HBO debut. His personality came out. He was at the press conference, you know, the interviews leading up to the fight. I mean, people really uh, took to his personality. And so even though he lost to Chocolatito, he lost a close decision, um, we wanted to bring him back. Um, he's actually, WBC's uh, mandated him, uh, if he wins on March 18th, he would be the mandatory challenger to the winner of uh, Chocolatito and uh, Rungvisai. So he's uh, still in the mix. Um, Andy Lee has always uh, been an uh, exciting guy, uh, probably the best right hook in uh, that we've seen in a long time in, in, in boxing, you know, just trained by the legendary Emmanuel Stewart and, uh, you know, raised by Emmanuel, really. So um, it, uh, it's, it, it's nice to kind of put something... Uh, you know, for the fans, you know, for every uh, uh, every different uh, uh, demographic and and all the all the different fans um, that are coming, and and because it's St. Patrick's Day weekend, because Andy Lee's in the middleweight division, it just made sense um, to have him on the show. And we also had a lot of respect for him because he was really, you know, what I can honestly say when there were a lot of people avoiding fighting Gennady, he he had stepped up. Uh, I think it was like three years ago when when Gennady's uh, father had passed away, and he had stepped up and uh, uh, agreed to fight Gennady. You know when the purses weren't as big as they are now, and uh, you know so we have a lot of respect for for uh, for Andy and his career. Hey, it's a great career, and it's going to be good to see these guys get some exposure on the big stage. It's a, it's a really a great card, so we're definitely looking forward mm-hmm. to being out there with you guys in a couple weeks. Before we wrap up, we want to ask you, of course, we've got to ask you about uh, some of the other people in your stable. I wanted to ask you about the upcoming Klitschko Joshua fight on April 29th. We know that uh, Klitschko's an HBO guy and Joshua's a Showtime guy, so for us poor unfortunate souls who can't travel over across the pond to see the fight, <laughs> how are we going to watch, where are we watching the fight, Tom? <laughs> who got the fight for good, us? That's a good question. That one hasn't been resolved yet. I mean, that's a, you talk about big fights. It doesn't get much bigger than that, both, uh, you know, in stature. I mean, these guys are just... Uh, you know, both uh, six five, six six, both uh, you know, extremely uh, uh, chiseled. Uh, both their physiques. It's a classic matchup of the young guy, the young champion coming up, uh, fighting the legend of uh, of uh, Vladimir, where they both uh, were Olympic gold medalists. And uh, I think that's a terrific uh, matchup, April 29th. Uh, but to get your question over here in the states, um, you know, both HBO and Showtime uh, are extremely interested in showing that fight. Um, I think they're going to work out something where one of them is uh, showing it live, the other one's showing it delayed, but not, nothing's really been uh, resolved yet on that. But, I mean, it just goes to show you the interest of um, yeah. uh, of the U.S. television for that fight. I want to see it. Sure. Yeah, we want to see it. So, okay, before we let you go, for real, I got one last thing to ask you, because if I didn't, our listeners would probably kill me. On a scale <laughs> of 1 to 10, Tom, scale of 1 yeah. to 10, what are the okay. chances, you know, if and when Gennady beats Jacobs in a couple of weeks, what are the chances, scale of 1 to 10, that we see Golovkin versus Canelo this year? Well, I'm always an optimist. Um, you know, Gennady and Abel, I could, I've, I've said in all the interviews, they're 100% focused on Denny Jacobs because, you know, any plans that I make uh, or negotiations that I have for future fights, they, those all go out the window if uh, if Gennady's not successful March 18th, but um, that's a fight that yeah, Gennady's wanted uh, <laughs> this year. I would say 9.5. 9.5. Oh. 
Yeah, I'm I'm optimistic, and we've I've been in long negotiations with uh, Eric Gomez. Um, there's certainly nothing that's finalized yet. I mean, uh, don't forget that Canelo's got a, a big fight coming up May 6th. Also, when I say big, I mean if you look at Chavez standing next to him, he's, uh, he powers over uh, Canelo. So, uh, it'll certainly be physically the the biggest guy that Canelo's ever fought. But uh, if Gennady wins, if Canelo wins. Uh, which are two big ifs, but if they both win, then uh, I, I don't see why that fight shouldn't happen this year because it's it's uh, really the fight that everyone is asking for and, and really the mm-hmm. biggest uh, mm-hmm. fight that they've made in, in, in boxing right now. Well, Tom, it is always a pleasure. For those of you listening and you're not going with NI because we don't have more room in our bags, make sure that you check out Triple G versus Jacobs on HBO. March 18th, the Mecca body. So you get to see Quadras, you get to see a whole lot of great fight action, and it's at the Mecca Boxing. I look forward to it. And Tom, we appreciate you joining us this morning to talk about the fight. Great. It's always always great to be on the show. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. All right. Kids, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll have some word on the curb and the weekend fight schedule. If you want the best, BoxStats beats the rest. BoxStats is the best boxing app for all you boxing enthusiasts and professional boxers. Perform a quick search and get all the info you want and need. BoxStats, available on the Apple App Store. Download it for free today. BoxStats, know your opponent. And we're back. Woohoo! We're back. <laughs> That was fun. Listen, if you've been lost in the sauce for, you know, the past week or so, we're going to catch you up now with our segment called In Case You Missed It. In Case You Missed It, Cinco de Mayo, the mega fight at the T-Mobile Arena between Canelo and Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. has sold out. That is more than 20,000 tickets, okay? It is amongst the largest indoor venues to sell out, you know, this quick in Las Vegas. It's going to be a huge prize fight. Closed circuit venues will be announced soon, but those tickets are gone. Whether whether the booking, you know, the bookies bought them up, or or the third party people, or the fans, they're gone. Jay, gone. So sorry, so sad. So sorry, so sad. I, I mean, I'm I'm a little nervous to be honest. To be honest, it's such right. a high in demand fight. We might be outside uh, with a picket sign if we don't get in. <laughs> You know, yeah, maybe, early, yeah. we might have to get on the closer <laughs> the fight party. Yeah, earlier this week, Golden Boy did announce that Lucas Matisse will appear on that HBO pay-per-view card in his first fight in more than a year and a half against Emmanuel Taylor, the Transformer. So that's a good fight they added there. Um, yeah. Terrence Crawford, if you didn't hear, Terrence Crawford is set to return on May 20th in Newark, New Jersey. Why Newark, New Jersey? Why? Well, it's the hometown of Shakur Stevenson, so connect the dots, and that'll probably be a big HBO card out in New Jersey with Shakur Stevenson on that card. Uh, Sean Porter versus Andre Berto has been set for April 27th, or 22nd in Brooklyn. The Amber Alert has been called off. The fight is a final eliminator for the WBC 147 title shot. Good for him. I'm glad he got a fight. I'm glad they got off the toilet. Thank you, Andre Berto. Or still sitting or taking your phone in the bathroom so you could take the call and get the fight. Yeah. Steven Espinoza says that Sense versus Brooke will be aired on Showtime in the US, but no 
venue or date has been confirmed. It was it was originally announced for May 20th. I don't know yet what happened with all that. Maybe it's conflicting with something else on Showtime, yada, yada. Uh, but he did say it would air on Showtime. They're trying to figure out, you know, a date to make that work. All right. Make it work, honey. Work, work quick, work fast. Nobody's getting any younger and people getting ring rust. Work fast. Amira Khan. Amira Khan. Amira Khan, who's going to check me, boo? He's been confirming all over the Internet, all video interviews, that his fight with Manny Pacquiao is going to happen in Dubai or in the U.K. Um, this Yeah, this is a little bit of word on the curb, a little bit early during in case you missed it segment, but don't believe the hype. It is all bullshit. They are still having to depend on getting the Dubai people and the people in the U.K. to finance the whole show. That is not even close to being done. So, you know, who's going to check me, boo? Khan says he doesn't care if it's finalized. He's fighting, and you guys better get in formation. <laughs> he don't care what you talk. It doesn't, he don't care what you're talking about. Who's going to check him? Not us. He fighting. He fighting somebody. <laughs> That's it. Listen, also, um, some other uh, news in case you missed it. Shawnee Monahan, he was a former top-ranked fighter, has now signed with Lou DiBella, and he's mm. fighting Adonis Stevenson in Long Island on April 29th. Hmm. Adonis. I'd rather he would have fought Joe Smith Jr. and they would have done the full-on St. Patrick's Day weekend and invited Conor McGregor to be ringside for the fight and done a full-on Irishman weekend. But we get a, a they let and like you said, but well, last week they letting Adonis out of out of Canada because I went back when you said that. I really thought about that. Like, huh? I never saw Adonis fight anywhere else. And I went and I looked at his mm-hmm. box record. This is really for real, for real, like the first time he's fighting out of Canada. They letting him out the country, so he must be off probation or something. So, <laughs> New York, right. get ready. Get ready for Monahan Stevenson. Uh, in more news, posted for Anthony Durrell versus Callum Smith for the WBC vacant super middleweight title was won by TGB Promotions, a.k.a. Al Heyman, for $1.6 million. Um, that is a big, big purse bid that TGB won. Uh, no word on where that fight's going to take place. I think Eddie Hearn did bid on the on the on the fight for like 1.2, um, but TGB's money is way longer. Saturday night uh, was the final bout, bout for Lee Selby's promotional agreement with Eddie Hearn of Matchroom. Lee Selby is now moving forward in his career with advisor Al Heyman. So not sure if you guys caught that or not, but that is mm. some news there too. And that is it for in case you missed it. You know, Anthony Durrell, I knew Anthony Durrell was going to, they were going to win that first bid when we were watching, not this weekend's fight, whatever fight was on last weekend, and they had Durrell sitting right middle ringside, like in the prime seat with like the with the promoter, or I think he was sitting next to Steven Espinosa or somebody. When I saw him ringside, I'm like, oh yeah, he's up next. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. They made sure that boy was being seen and they were winning that first bid, so Kudos to you, Darrell. You outpacing your brother at this point, you know. Hold it down for the family. <laughs> All right. Let's 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 dish the word on the curb, Jay. So I don't have a lot of word on the curb this week. It was a little quiet week, but uh, let's see. The Mandalay Bay does have a hold on it for June 17th. Drum roll for Kovalev Ward. Mm. 
you hear that, Jay? I'm trying to to keep what reaction I wanted to give to that. I was torn between the what and the yeah, right. So I was trying to figure out what the halfway point was between what and yeah, right is going to be. I hope I hope this is I hope they do it. I'm glad there's a hold on Mandalay Bay. I like Mandalay Bay. I definitely want to see this rematch. Is it going to happen? If if this rematch happens, people are going to well, have to cut Ward a little bit of slack. A little bit. Yes. Just a little bit. Well, we, we hope it happens. Andre Ward's attorney is saying that Ward wants this rematch and that he does want it next. So hopefully they can get through the paperwork. They can get through the contracts. They can stop pissing on each other and, right. and just make the fight happen. But there is a hold on June 17th. I love the Mandalay Bay. I think it's really realistic to have that fight there because the T-Mobile was just a little bit too big for that fight. I love the Mandalay Bay for that fight. Yeah. So hopefully that happens. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Stay tuned. I I hope it happens. We'll be there, Jay. That's right. We'll be there. Other word on the curb. uh, Willie Monroe says that he's (laughs) signing with about billions. What? Get out. Yeah. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. That's what he said. I don't know if, if that's for real, but I'm going to try to follow up on that a little bit more today. But he said he signed with about billions. Well, I'll be damned. Well, you know, he likes to sing. AB likes to rap. Maybe they can do some rap singing collabo songs to ring walk to the, to the ring too. Uh, about billions. <laughs> I saw Robert Easter on Insta Story wearing a Maybach music chain. So maybe you get a, a if you sign with About Billions, you get a promotional deal and you get a deal with Maybach Music because Robert Easter was wearing <laughs> the big Maybach Music Insta story. Listen, last week we told you that um, during Word on the Curb that Javonta Davis was going to return to the ring in May. Um, and some news went out this morning that he is in the UK. He traveled under there, over there um, this morning. There's a huge press conference in London that's going to happen tomorrow to announce his next fight in May, and he will be fighting Liam Walsh. Good for him. Javante yeah. Davis out there making moves. Decent opponent. Hey, as long as he's active, we like that. Yeah. The only other little bit of word on the curb that I have, and this is very, very preliminary, okay? So I'm not saying anything is in works or there's contracts out there, but there are little whispers out there that Mikey Garcia may fight Javier Fortuna. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Huh. That's kind he of a cool little two fights during his comeback. I mean, he, yeah. his first two fights back, they were pretty tough. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if he did fight Javier Fortuna next. Okay. Let's get let's get it cracking. Let's go, Richard Schaefer. Let's go. Oh, wait. Yeah. He didn't sign to Richard Schaefer yet. Uh, he didn't sign to anyone yet. Come on. <laughs> playing. Let's, let's, yeah. let's go on and do it. Let's just get it done. Yeah. So that's all I got. Jay, you want to wrap us up with the fight schedule? Yes, ma'am. All right. This weekend, starting March 10th from Detroit, Michigan. Shout out to Showtime for putting Mm. women on premium cable. We got Clarissa Shields headlining in Detroit against Sylvia Sabatos. And so make sure you tune in. That girl is a killer. And Mm. if you want to see a good fight, Clarissa Shields is the bang for your buck. So make sure you tune in to Showtime on March 10th. Also on March 10th on Estrella TV, uh, Christian Chimpa Gonzalez is going to headline against uh, Romero Duno. So make sure you tune in to that. And also on Unamaz, 
Andy Vince is, is uh, fighting Angel Hernandez, and our friend of uh, the Morning Punch and Show, Danny Valdivia, the Fight for Water kid, is fighting uh, Douglas Atiade. That must be that card. So make sure you mm-hmm. tune in to Unamas and watch the uh, Fight for Water card. Also happening this weekend on March 11th on HBO, David Lemieux versus Curtis Stevens. Woo! Curtis, the melted Jay. cheese be talking. Jay, that fight is flying so under the radar, man. It like, really I'm is. I'm looking forward to that fight. It's just flying under the radar. I don't understand. All that talking that Curtis Stevens, remember Curtis Stevens yeah. hurt his hand in the last fight. David Lemieux, all the Twitter back and forth, mm-hmm. the melted cheese, the melted cheese. Well, y'all make sure you tune in and watch the melted cheese against David Lemieux. David Lemieux did not look good in his last fight. Curtis hurt his hand in his last fight. This might be a crazy ass, big blow exchanging, double knockout fight. So tune into HBO and watch this fight. Also on the card, Yuri Orcas Gamboa. Versus uh, Rene Alvarado, Zachary Ochoa is on it, Diego De La Hoya is on it. So, mm. man, make sure HBO. I'll be on. I don't have. I don't think I have nothing to do this weekend. I don't have Spartan, so I'll be at home on Twitter acting as Jay acts on Twitter on Fight Night. RB, if no RB, you got to work this weekend, so RB might not be able to rock with us as hard on Saturday night. But I'm gonna hold it down for the squad if she's not available. <laughs> All right. I- let me see. Oh, yeah, we got some more. Also, um, if you want to watch CBS Sportsnet this weekend, you can watch Rico Ramos on uh, CBS Sportsnet against Eric Ruiz. Also on the 11th, I only say this fight because it's a title fight and it's a friend of the Morning Punch and Show. Demetrius Andre is finally getting a fight. Oh, Lord. Jack Colque versus Demetrius Andre for Colque's WBA regular junior middleweight title. So, Make sure you tune into those. And that's the weekend fight schedule. Back to you, RB. All right. I think that's it, Jay. Um, man, we always have so much fun on this show. Thank you, you know, Tom Lawford for joining us, Jake Donovan from FightNights.com. I think we're going to wrap up here. Um, big fight week this week in Philly, Friday night. Um, there's a, a really great Philly versus Philly fight. You could watch it on GFL.TV Friday night. It starts at 7.30 Eastern time. It's going to be an all old-fashioned, old-school Philly rumble between Anthony Bergen versus Avery Sparrow. I have to throw it out there because if you want to watch some really good competitive fights, get on to GFL.TV this weekend, Friday night, um, and watch these fights. They're really good. Philly's showing out. I really think we're going to sell out before Friday night. So um, that's it, Jay. Make sure you visit badculture.net, ragingbabe.com. We appreciate you guys for listening today and for making us a part of your day. It's the Morning Punch-In Show, RB&J. We're out.